Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, MJ WooAU, with my boy Scott and Steven. We're here. Championship week is still ongoing. Um, The first thing we wanted to do is kind of give a heartfelt response towards DeMar Hamlin and the Buffalo Bills. Um, if you guys didn't know, if any of our listeners didn't watch the game last night, uh, DeMar had a horrible cardiac arrest and is currently in the hospital. So we wish him all the best. Uh, please get better. Um, it's more than just a game. It's more than just fantasy, right? These are, I think this is a good reminder to everybody that these people, well, these players are people and live regular lives. So, uh, best wishes and we're hoping for a speedy recovery uh, for DeMar. But with that being said, um, we're going to start with our icebreaker, which is what we are most looking forward to in 2023. For me, it's extremely easy. I have been getting really, of course, this was my first, or actually all of our first years in Dynasty. And I've put a tremendous amount of work into rookie profiles rookies that are coming up into the draft. And that is something that we'll present to you guys, uh, all our listeners, hopefully who are going through a rookie draft or going to be drafting uh, in a 2023 startup. And uh, yeah, I am actually really ecstatic for to give that information to you guys and everybody around the league. Um, Scott, how about you? Yeah, so uh, mine is not fantasy related uh i'm looking forward to my move coming up uh my wife will be graduating from residency and we are moving back to the north uh looking to buy our first house and i'm really excited about that excited to be out of an apartment hopefully forever um but yeah i definitely second what mj said i'm looking forward to our first rookie draft and i'm also looking to uh our startup of our home league turning into a dynasty league steve I am most looking forward to doing hopefully lots of traveling oh. in 2023. Um, going to Miami for the first time next week. Planning to go to Seattle, hopefully in the fall. Planning to go to Bermuda in the summer. Jeez. And hopefully going to New Zealand in early, late spring, early spring. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, lots yeah, of- and you're, you're taking the podcast with you, right? <laughs> We're all collectively going. <laughs> we are hitchhiking <laughs> in the Lord of the Rings motherland. Um, oh, wow. Wonderful. What a wonderful trip. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to hopefully doing that. If not New Zealand, it'll be another international trip, but currently that is at the top of the list. So definitely excited about some potential travel. Um, awesome awesome things and events uh looking you know to look forward to in 2023 i i wasn't expecting you guys to do such normal things <laughs> but i mean I'm, i love fantasy football so looking forward to all those uh all those drafts upcoming with that though we're going to go ahead scoot on over to our week 17 recap first of which we're going to cover the panthers at the bucks in which if you stuck with him Mike, the man Evans, carried you probably, most definitely carried you to a championship this week. Um, the Bucks 
coming up with a 30 to 24 victory. Uh, Tomothy Brady. Also, the amount of people who sat Brady was egregious. I, I saw several people who were three people who were in the championship in several leagues I was in who sat Brady. Needless to say, they they lost. They they lost their matchup. Brady going 432, three touchdowns. Mike Evans, 10 for 207 and three touchdowns. Chris Godwin, 9 for 120. And, of course, I, I guess some of the bright spots from the Panthers was Sam Darnold, who went 341, three touchdowns, one INT. And DJ Moore uh, going for 6 for 117 and one touchdown. I, I think one of the bigger questions surrounding this Tampa Bay side, of course, well, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but did, did they clinch their division with this win? Yeah, the Bucks clinched, uh, and at the same time, they also eliminated the Panthers uh, and the Falcons from any contention. Um, the Saints can still possibly, uh, sorry, excuse me, the Saints can no longer get the seven seed uh, mm-hmm. with the Packers win, actually. Um, so the Bucks didn't knock this the Saints out, but the Packers did with their win. Um, but yes, the Bucks will be the only team representing the South in the playoffs this year. Okay, great. NFC um, South. Thank you, Scott. And I think one of the more impressive things is uh, Mike Evans. This is his ninth, ninth straight season with a thousand uh, reception yards. Um, really standing up there. He gets a lot of hate, and honestly, he wasn't having to let that really great of a season, uh, mid-season to now. So really great to see him really break out and give you that that pop, that blow up went a uh, you know point explosion that he's there for. Um, with Brady potentially leaving this offseason, I mean, who would you guys, can you think of any quarterback who might fill his shoes? I mean, who's going to be a free agent? I mean, Ryan Tannenhill? Um, do you Wilson think Derek maybe? Carr might be a chance? I mean, you want Zach, you want Zach Wilson No, here? I'm kidding. I hope. <laughs> I, hope. I don't think he's going to get another job. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Derek Carr could could see a little maybe a Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Flipperoo. That seems like it would make sense for both sides potentially. Um, I don't know. Maybe Aaron Rodgers takes one out of Brady's playbook and goes south. I know. I really. I, I don't. I don't see him going under Brady's spotlight ever. So I don't actually think that that would happen. But yeah, I think maybe a Derek Carr or a. I don't know, last ditch effort, Matt Ryan, possibility, mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota. I mean, I, I don't I don't see it being anything flashy at the end of the day. I think it's gonna be one of these guys who's proven that they can play, but yeah, they're not going for uh an all in situation. Well, you know, with how I'd say I wanna say mediocre this division is. I mean, how do you think this team fares without Brady? I mean, is he is he that much of a game changer for this team? I mean, he hasn't had a great year, but mm-hmm. I still think he is somewhat of a glue that's holding them together. They obviously got crazy offensive firepower. They have a solid defense, but I I don't think Brady's necessarily losing them games. Maybe he's not winning them, but yeah, if if, if they're not doing it with Brady right now, um, I uh, yeah I, I think that they fall into the even more so. I mean, they were th- this year, but I think they fall into the mess that is the rest of the NFC South and are part of the mix. Yeah, Scott, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think uh, without Tom Brady, uh, the Bucks are irrelevant this year. Um, I, unless they win in Week 18, they're going to have a uh, a losing record getting into the playoffs. Uh, right now, they're eight and eight, so they either barely have a winning record or have a losing record. Uh, but I think the Saints take the South here, even with how bad they've been. Um, mm-hmm. if, if Brady's not in the picture. Okay, great. Um, great stuff, you guys. The second game we're going to review um, were the 49ers at the Raiders. Uh, I think the biggest surprise, I well, if you didn't know, the 49ers came away with a victory in overtime, 37 to 34. But the most impressive part about this game to me was Jarrett Stidham, who was making his official NFL debut going for 365. Yeah. War Eagle baby Uh, going 365, three touchdowns and two INTs that last INT. Ooh, didn't help him one bit, but uh, Josh Jacobs getting there 69, 69 yards, of course. And that touchdown for everyone in the championship, Uh, Devontae Adams, Wow, wow, wow. After his down week last week, seven for 153, two touchdowns. And Brock Purdy turning in another solid performance, 284, two touchdowns, one INT. And Christian, the man McCaffrey, 121 yards, one touchdown, also six receptions for 72 yards. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who has really continued to shine uh, in this offense, going nine for 101 and one touchdown. Um, I think this was a really good wake-up call uh, for the fight uh, for the 49ers, who arguably have the best defense in the league, uh, for sure the best rushing defense in the league. One of the most impressive things is Christian McCaffrey, who I really loved Scott's hot take earlier in the year, um, especially right after the trade, in which he said that Christian McCaffrey, uh, this would be a hit to his uh, fantasy value. But I think... Looking at the team, I really think this has been a major hit to Debo. I mean, if if we just look at points, I mean, sure, injuries. Kittle's been really shining. This is offense where it makes it easier for the quarterback where you just have to get the ball to your your players, your star players. But uh, CMC has just soaked up a lot, been showing up. Who do you draft from this team next year, Scott? No one. No, I'm avoiding the 49ers, man. Listen, CMC has been hot. He's been great. He's an awesome player. Don't get me wrong about that. In Carolina, he was the offense, though. Mm -hmm. There are so many mouths to feed in San Francisco. Debo's been hurt the past three weeks, so obviously CMC's going to eat more. Uh, Garoppolo got hurt. Purdy's, you know, going to his running back. He's he's being a game manager and he's letting CMC win the games for him. I'm avoiding CMC. I'm avoiding Debo. I'm avoiding Ayuk. I'm avoiding, I don't know if Kittle falls at the right time. I might get Kittle just because the tight end position is so, you know, bleak weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. You, you know how I feel about Shannon Hannigan's. Yeah. How can you avoid the arguably best team in the NFL? It makes no sense at all. It's just, oh, I, I don't know, man. I want I want someone that's going to be a stud on their team that I can count on every single week, and I know that somebody else on their team is not going to take away from them. And I know like that's hard to find in fantasy, but 
if I have other options out there around when these players are going, I'm probably going to go with those other options. Like I already, I already said last week, my 1.01 running back is Barkley, not CMC. So, you know, if it comes to me and my options are Barkley or CMC, I'm probably going Barkley. Okay. Um, how about Josh Jacobs? I mean, yes, he, he didn't, uh, get to sign his fifth year option. They declined that. Um, is he going to be, you guys think he's for sure a lock in round one RB draft pick redraft redraft. I don't know if it's for sure lock in, honestly. I mean, yeah, depending you know, on situation, the team he ends on depending on the team situation and honestly, just reputation, which I know sounds crazy, but I still don't think, everyone is past like what they, you know, usually think of Jacobs, like, you know, being a guy that gets injured and uh -huh. is on an inconsistent offense. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure that you could think of a few wide receivers and at least a few running backs that you could justify taking over him. They're on Travis Kelsey. Um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he falls out of the top 10. Scott, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, okay. last week he was my uh, you know pick for the running backs for not being in the top 10 again. Um, not only do I think he's falling out of the top 10 for the running backs, I, I think the earliest he should probably be drafted in redraft standard format, not super flex, is maybe round three. Okay. Maybe round three. Okay. Um, great points. And uh, uh, Scott, I appreciate the scott takes uh the good bits here and there um our last game we're going to review is going to be the vikes and packers man what a shellacking 41 to 17 the packers put on these vikings uh the biggest little bit here justin jefferson letting you down in the championship uh for all those who had him then in there um going one reception for 15 yards not even gonna not even arguable it was his worst game of the year and of course he had to have one he had to have one um who were the outliers here who really performed uh aaron jones going 14 111 yards aj dillon getting the touchdown though um, honestly not really that much of a showing from the packers i think the defense did a lot of work here uh robert tunyon getting three for 52 in the touchdown uh, Rogers 159 and one touchdown. Kirk Cousins 205, one touchdown, three INTs. Uh, really didn't. I mean, this home field advantage was just worked completely in Green Bay's favor. Is this, I feel like this is the worst possible outcome that the Minnesota Vikings could be riding going into the playoffs. Uh, do you think this is? that big a hit to let's say their morale i mean is this going to throw them off at all especially with the playoffs being this soon i think uh more so than it being a hit to the morale the vikings um it's an nfc on alert notice from the packers that hey uh we're, we're here we can compete yeah. you know with teams that have been the best in the league uh this year um, and we'll get to it here shortly in our next segment, but the Packers now control their own destiny as far as getting into the playoffs. 
Um, and depending on how things shake up, it's possible that we could see a Vikings Packers rematch uh, in, in the first or second round. Yeah, they, I mean, offense still just, I mean, at least they're running. And that was my main, my main complaint, especially with drafting AJ Dillon earlier in the year is that they just, I feel like had no idea of how the offense should run. It needs to be through Aaron needs to be through Aaron, our MD for like previous MVP, Aaron Rodgers, And it just wasn't working. I think with a bit more of this balanced attack, uh, he's having a chance to really make the big play when it needs to happen. So excited to see these Packers going into the playoffs. Um, hopefully they can clinch a spot. Um, and I guess the best person to explain that to me is going to be Scott, uh, who's going to be giving us a week 18 playoff laydown scenario laydown. Scott, what you got? Yeah, we'll start with the AFC. Uh, and, and as you guys all know, uh, the Bills Bengals game was not completed last night. Um, it's still up into the air, uh, up in the air, whether that will be completed or not. Um, there's a possibility of pushing back all the playoff games a week and filling that bye week between the championship games and the Super Bowl. Um, if that happens, they'll likely make up the Bills Bengals game in what would be quote unquote week 19, which would have been wild card weekend. Um, it's all conjecture for now. We'll see what happens, but this is basically the scenarios as we see them right now, uh, starting with AFC. So for the number one seed, the bills control their own destiny destiny. They clinch the number one seed. If any of the following happens, if they win both their games, uh, if they win against the Bengals and the chiefs lost or lose in week 18, um, or if they win against the Patriots, uh, in week 18 and the chiefs and Bengals both lose in week 18. Um, but essentially they control their own destiny there. Cause all they have to do is win. Uh, the chiefs are the next team that would be in line to control their own destiny. They have to win in week 18 and they need a bill's loss. Uh, another option is the bills lose twice and the Bengals also lose in week 18. And then finally the Bengals could also be the number one seed. Uh, but they would have to win both games and the chiefs would have to lose in week 18. So this chiefs bills game is, uh, sorry, uh, bills Bengals game is actually very important, um, for AFC playoff seeding. Uh, and, and so I, I think the NFL will finish this game, uh, one way or another, um, just to sort out that seating alone, uh, besides the number one seating, uh, the AFC North is actually still up for grabs. The Bengals control their own destiny in the AFC North. Uh, if they win or tie versus the Bills or win in week 18 against the Ravens, uh, then they will win the North. The Ravens can clinch the North if the Bengals lose twice. Um, they would have to have that second game with the Bengals and Bills, and the Bengals would have to lose. If that game is canceled, then the Bengals would take the North. Um, for the AFC South, you have the Jaguars and Titans still in contention. The Jaguars will win the South if they win or tie versus the Titans. The Titans can only win the South if they beat the Jags. Um, so they are 100% playing to win, uh, cannot tie. Uh, and then finally, we have the number seven seed wild card position. Um, and this actually gets pretty interesting. There, there are four teams that can possibly take this number seven seed, depending on how things shake out. The Patriots control their destiny of those four teams. Um, they clinch if uh, they win at the Bills in Week 18, 
or the Dolphins lose versus the Jets and the Steelers lose versus the Browns and the Jaguars win versus the Titans. The Dolphins clinch the seven seed if they beat the Jets and the Patriots lose to the Bills. The Steelers take the seven seed if they beat the Browns in week 18. The Dolphins lose versus the Jets and the Patriots lose versus the Bills. And the Jaguars clinch the seven seed if they lose versus the Titans and the Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers all lose. So that would be a scenario where two teams from the AFC South would make the playoffs, both the Titans and the Jaguars. Um, so crazy things can still happen here in the AFC. But it, I, I would say it's even crazier in the NFC still um, with how things can shake out. And we'll start with the number one seed. Uh, there are still three teams in contention for that, the Eagles, 49ers, and Cowboys. The Eagles take the one seed if they win or tie versus Giants versus the Giants. So they control their own destiny. They win or they tie, they get the number one seed. If the Cowboys lose or tie against the Commanders, they take the one seed. Uh, if the 49ers lose or tie uh, against the Cardinals, they will take uh, the one seed. So pretty much they have a bunch of scenarios in their favor. Um, the 49ers would have to win versus the Cardinals and the Eagles would have to lose versus the Giants. And then the Cowboys have to beat the Commanders and both the Eagles have to lose to the Giants and the 49ers have to either lose or tie to the Cardinals. Um, so it's not looking so good for the Cowboys taking the one seed. However, moving into the NFC East, it is still up for grabs and it's, it's pretty straightforward. If the Eagles beat the Giants or the Cowboys lose uh, to the Commanders, the Eagles will take the East. The Cowboys take the East if they beat the Commanders and the Eagles lose to the Giants. Um, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot for the Giants to play for here. Um, so it's very possible that the Eagles easily take the East um, in this situation. Uh, all the other uh, divisions are already set, but the number seven uh, – seed wild card is not set the packers as i mentioned earlier control their own destiny now all they have to do is beat the lions in week 18 the lions will take the number seven seed if they beat the packers and the seahawks loser tie versus the rams or uh, a tie versus the packers and a seahawks loss versus the rams or a tie versus the Packers and Rams Seahawks tie and commanders win versus the Cowboys. Uh, so there is a possibility uh, there with, with the Cowboys commanders game having an effect on the lions, which is pretty crazy. Um, similarly, the Seahawks will take the seven seed if they win versus the Rams and the Packers lose or tie versus the lions or a tie versus the Rams and a lions Packers tie and the commanders lose or tie versus the Cowboys. Um, so crazy things can still happen. Bottom line, Packers control their own destiny as far as the seven seed goes. Um, the other teams that I haven't mentioned that are already in the playoffs, uh, the Chargers have uh, and, and the Ravens are currently the fifth and sixth seed in the AFC. Um, they can shift positions depending on if one of them loses or one of them wins. In the NFC, uh, the Giants are in as the sixth seed, um, and they're going to hold that sixth seed no matter what because of their tie. Um, and then the Buccaneers clinch the South, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, the Vikings have already clinched the North, 
and the 49ers have clinched the West. So that is our current playoff scenarios heading into week 18. A lot of football left to play. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, one of the funny moments from this weekend was uh, one of the reporters asked Coach Ron Rivera of the Commanders. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, if he realized that the Commanders would be potentially eliminated from the playoff contention today, which of course was Sunday. Um, and he had no idea that they were with a loss, they were completely out of contention. So I think, <laughs> I mean, this just comes to show how complicated this is. I mean, uh, win losses. Uh, thank you for getting this all together, Scott. That was really informative. Uh, with that, we'll go ahead and scoot over to Steven uh, doing a little 2022 fantasy season review. Uh, Steven, how are you feeling? You know, it was a memorable season. So let's start off by talking about some memorable performances. Um, I got a few guys, and if you guys remember anyone else, feel free to throw them in. But uh, we got Joe Mixon, week nine. That was his huge 53.1 fantasy point performance. Um, I think he really busted out at the seams that week and um, made Scott want to trade him for me. And then he, I mean, I think he continued to be decent apart from his injury, but yeah, that was definitely an anonymous, not, not only for him, but a great game. Um, Justin Fields, you know, his coming out party with 42.72 points also in week nine, that was huge. Um, I think we've uh, we've seen that he, as mentioned last week, has a really high floor, and I think that this is going to continue to the future. I think we'll be talking about him in the Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts category going forward. Josh Jacobs, week 12, obviously he was the number one running back, beast all season, but 45.3 points in week 12. Um, really great game. I think that was the game where he did a walk-off in overtime, I believe. Um, so that was huge. Uh, Evan Ingram, recently in week 14, just a great game as a tight end, 33.7 points. Um, and, of course, I have to mention my guy, which MJ alluded to with the recap, Mike Evans, a few days ago with 43.7 points um, in week 17, which was – Best game by far, not even close, but it just reminds us that he's still a guy. He's still got it, and it just took a little bit of uh, a little bit of fire to get him in. I don't think you didn't sit him at all this year, right? I'm pretty sure maybe you started one, maybe one time, one week. Yeah, I, I feel like he's yeah, I feel like he started nearly I, every week. Uh, and it wasn't it, really, it wasn't until earlier in December where I had not realized that he had done so shitty <laughs> most of the year. <laughs> I just, I mean, I plugged and played him, and I really didn't think yeah. twice about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I stuck with him. He's still my guy. I'm not avoiding him next year by any means, but he's obviously getting older, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. But any, I guess, any other memorable, memorable performances that you guys can think of? I'm going to say real quick while we're talking about Mike Evans, I am avoiding him next year. He scored 23% of his entire season's fantasy points with that 43-point performance this past week. Um, I I want a guy that can spread out the love of his fantasy points a little bit more than that. Uh, yeah, sure. Give me a 43-point week 
any day, but I, I want a guy that can do it more consistently than, than one time. And if you made it to the championship with Mike Evans, then you probably won it. But I don't think there are many teams out there that made it to the championship with Mike Evans on their team. Okay, well, again, but I, I think that speaks more to Tom Brady than Mike Evans, and we don't even know if Brady's going to be with the Bucks next year. I think it'd be hard to find 10 to 12 guys that you would want over Mike Evans. I think it also speaks to Chris Godwin coming out and, and possibly taking over as number one in that offense. Well, that could be a whole other debate that I'm not going to get into now. <laughs> but um, MJ, any other memorable performances that come to mind for your team personally? Uh, team personally. Well, I guess in this can transition to favorite players of the year. Who are just some, some guys that made you happy for your season? Oh, listen, I, and I talk about them. I, I talk about them nearly every time. Two players I'll always mention, uh, Jalen hurts who, of course, like, of course. I, yes, of course. I mentioned it every episode. I'm not going to divulge cause he just listened. He was just a stud. I felt it coming. And I'm just so happy he's finally breaking out. It's great to see someone of you know someone who just continues to put the work in constant work. Uh, I mean, yeah, he played for Bama. That's probably his one downside, one like bad thing about him. But he he went to Oklahoma, continued the grind. He he just wants to work. You know, he just he loves football. He also is a huge weightlifter. Another reason I love him so much. Uh, my other guy is Kenneth Walker. Uh, sheesh, after putting some pretty decent outputs, like when he finally started over, over Penny, uh, week six, uh, sorry, week seven against the chargers. Uh, he was RB three for the week, uh, 30.7 points, uh, 167 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, gosh, it just feels so good to see such a young player break out and break out in a big way. So those are my guys, definitely my guys for the year. Great, great choices. Yeah. Kenneth Walker, he's going to be a, a stud for some years to come. So great call on him. Of course, great call on Jalen. Love the player, love the guy. And I think he's definitely going to be a consistent top five finisher going forward. Uh, Scott, any favorite players not named Justin Jefferson? Uh, I was going to say I second uh, Jalen Hurts with MJ obviously had him yes, sir. Uh, on our team in our uh, 10 team home league with Yahoo um, and got him in the seventh round, which was incredible. So uh, yeah, uh, super happy about Jalen hurts, but you know, I gotta say Justin Jefferson, man. Uh, he was my <laughs> first pick in that league pick number five overall. And he was wide receiver one. It's unfortunate that, uh, I ended up only getting sixth place with Justin Jefferson and uh, Jalen Hurts on my team, but you know it is what it is. It's the way fantasy goes. Um, I would say one other player um, that I definitely called having more of a breakout year would have been my wide receiver breakout year. That's CD Lamb, um, oh. and I, I think he definitely proved that he can be uh, the wide receiver one on a team, and and he's been uh, amazing. Um, especially let's see uh five of the last six weeks with 15 plus fantasy points um had that 30 point week in the semifinal week week 16 man uh love it love that he's a cowboy um and love that he's on my dynasty team so still yeah, only C 23 
only 23 yeah. still, by the way. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, uh, Tyree Kill comes to mind. I think just saw him blow up and <laughs> as MJ flips me off. Um, yeah, I mean, I went all in on this guy beginning of the season, before the season started. Um, I thought that I had maybe given up too much, but I... Uh, Looks like he didn't give up enough. Next time. <laughs> I know for next time. Actually, yeah. But uh, he, he killed it. He had such a... I mean, seeing him just... It looked like you were watching someone play Madden when whenever you watched Tyreek Hill just catch him on the ball this year. So um, he did awesome. Keenan Allen, I he was injured for a good portion of the year, but he delivers whenever he is in the game. And he, I think was healthy over uh, I think the past I don't know six or seven weeks and he finished really strong um average 11.6 points per game um and I think that takes into account a couple games where he left the game early but uh again a guy that I'm not you know I'm not shooting for him but I'm definitely not straying away just because he always delivers, and I still think he's Herbert's number one guy. Um, so I love him. And staying on the Chargers, Austin Eckler. Man, people thought that his touchdown regression was going to happen, and it did not. Um, he uh, and and he's just—I mean—he's an awesome guy. He loves fantasy. He's like playing for his team, playing for his fantasy players. So. Um, just a guy that you want to have for for all those reasons um, you, you know they were, he was telling because he streams but yeah, yeah. and he goes up on uh the yahoo fantasy with matt Harmon a lot but he was telling people to to start him he was telling people believe in me in your fantasy championship i think that's just so cool i mean that's one guy eckler you're right eckler is one of the one of the players that blue collar guy yeah Blue collar guy. Doesn't didn't come from a big school. Yeah. He's a uh, he's so awesome. Um moving on to just some general discussion with uh, mistakes learned, maybe strategy uh in 2022 that we're gonna switch up in 2023. For me, one big takeaway is not waiting on a quarterback. Um not that it won't happen for me necessarily, but that was a pretty stringent rule for myself with the 2022 drafts was that I am holding off on a quarterback. Um, and man, you, you really want one of these dual threat guys. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you waited on, if you waited and got Russell Wilson, if you waited and got Dak, um, I'm trying to think of a couple other guys, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Like if you, yeah, if you waited to the eighth to 10th round, took some other guys probably didn't do too hot. Um, I, I will say I picked up Geno Smith in a couple of leagues. Um, definitely didn't win either, but uh, you know, there were some filling options, but all that to say, um, I, I definitely think that I want, you know, one of those top five Mahomes, Allen hurts Jackson, uh, Burrow, Herbert, um, one of those guys that's uh, that's going to deliver. Um, anything from from a draft standpoint that y'all can think of that you might change from this year? Hmm. Yeah. So 
And I wrote about uh, this in my article before the year started, um, how I, I came out and said that uh, zero running back strategy is not a strategy. And I, I think I might be eating my own words with that. Um, I think we are seeing a shift in fantasy football. And MJ and I talked about this earlier in the year where uh, the wide receiver position, um, it's not necessarily more valuable than the running back position, but you can bank on your studs at the wide receiver position a lot more so than at running back. Um, and so for everybody that tries to go and grab a top tier running back in rounds one or rounds two or both, um, and you don't go and grab one of those top tier wide receivers, you're putting yourself in a position um, where you can get a player that's more likely to get injured. Uh, there's, there's just a lot more variables with running backs and with wide receivers. You know, the the guys that we could name, you know, top five wide receiver on the year, we all probably would have been pretty close with who actually was a top five wide receiver this year. Whereas with the running backs, way off. I could tell you the top five running backs that I had coming into the year, definitely different from the five at the end of the year. I'd say besides Eckler and CMC, my other three would not have matched. Um, and so I think, you know, going forward, unless there's a clear cut guy that you have to grab, if he falls to you at the running back position, um, I'm leaning wide receivers earlier on in, in drafts now. Um, and yeah, I grabbed Justin Jefferson first this year. Um, but then, you know, I, I kind of, I wouldn't say I panic picked, but I was like, dang, I, I need a running back. And the best available at the time was Leonard Fournette. Um, and I think the second side of that coin is study up on offensive lines some more. So I had a lot of shares of Leonard Fournette, Najee Harris, and James Conner, who were three guys on teams with really bad or really banged up offensive lines. And those offensive lines have huge impacts on the running backs fantasy values. Absolutely. Um, and, and had I had I looked at that more and studied that more, I probably would have actually avoided those guys. Um, you know, it's hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think moving forward, um, you really got to look at positions outside of just the positions that you play with in fantasy football. I mean, just because Leonard Fournette's heavier than his offensive lineman doesn't mean you blame it on them. You know, give him a break. Fat um, Lenny. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, all all really good takeaways. Um, just looking at a couple of comparisons, I always like to look at the number one player in a position versus the number 10 to see if there's positional scarcity. Um, of course, I think the, the biggest one is tight end, yeah, um, yeah, which big. after this year, you know, currently Kelsey's in a league of his own. There's tier one, Travis Kelsey, and then, you know, you can debate tier two, tier three. Um, but going into next year, I think until we hear anything else, Kelsey is probably league of his own. No one's questioning you if you're drafting him in the first round. Um, 8.5 points a game, by the way, is the difference between him versus the number 10 tight end. So that is, I mean, yeah, week, week game changing. It's huge. Um, let's Let's talk about that for a second. So... There was a time, and I can't remember, it was 2014-2015, where I had the turn, and I went with the top tight end of the year, a guy that had been very hot and pretty consistent. You know, this is pre-Kelsey. I'm talking about Gronk. And I either picked him at 10 or 11 on the turn. 
uh, Demarius Thomas ended up being my my other guy in the turn because he was a top wide receiver or was supposed to be a top wide receiver of the year. Um, ended up doing really bad, you know, mostly because Gronk got hurt. But that's why I bring this up. If you invest that high pick in someone like Kelsey, where you are banking on that positional advantage, and then he gets hurt, I like I think that's such a huge hit to your chances that year. Um, and, and yeah, you know, we can't look into a crystal ball. We can't see that he's going to get hurt, but he is getting older. Um, he's what 32 going on 33. Mm-hmm, um, correct. You know, th- there's, there's, there comes a point where um, your body just can't keep up and yes, he is in a league of his own, but at what point is he going to hit that wall? You know, like, are, are we in the conversation talking about Kelsey, you know, like similarly to how we're talking about Brady where he's got to hit that wall eventually. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. But at the same time, you also you know have to think about surely there's a chance that you can also find a um, diamond in the rough. And maybe you draft someone at seven or eight who, you know, yes, Kelsey gets injured, but then you find some stud that that drops. So, um, yeah, definitely a, a slight risk there, but huge positional scarcity um, in a vacuum, at least. Um, with kickers, you know, for years, I was a big kicker guy, but man, I can't stress enough that <laughs> they, you really should wait till the end. Um, kicker one versus 10, 1.5 points a game. So, I mean, these guys really are not, you know, going to be winning you your matchup on a week to week basis. Um, do you want to shout out Daniel Carlson, Justin Tucker? They finished top three back to back 2021, 2022. So, Yes, there are there is some consistency potentially, um, but not something that I want to bank on. And yeah, I think for sure not going to change my strategy with keeping kicker till the last round. Um, defenses, I, real quick on kickers, I do want to say two things real quick. When you do draft a kicker, you typically want to go uh, with a team with a high octane offense, just because they're going to give you more opportunities. Um, you know, caveat. Uh, Pinheiro is a top 10 kicker this year and, and the Carolina Panthers, I would say we're, we're not octane offense this year. Um, but generally speaking, you want a kicker that's on a high octane offense. That's going to get you on that side of the field as many times as possible to give your kicker an opportunity to get points. Um, I don't, and I don't second, completely agree with that. Just, I mean, look at Daniel Carlson and Justin Tucker, like neither of those I would consider high octane offenses. I do the Raiders had uh, Josh Jacobs and Devonte Adams, like dudes that are putting up huge fancy points. I, the only way they do that is if they're getting on that side of the field frequently. Um, and so, yeah, Justin Tucker, they're already to the second point. If you're in a league where there's any kind of negative scoring for kickers for missing kicks, Justin Tucker adds a little bit more value there for sure, because he's a guy that just doesn't miss. Um, and so make sure you check your league standings when it comes to kickers, because I'd rather have a Justin Tucker than pretty much any other kicker in leagues where there are minus points for missed kicks. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think, think we can, can all agree that we're waiting on those guys. Um, with defenses, you know, I don't have much of a better argument. I still, uh, I still like a good D um nothing nothing um I'm just, gonna I, uh, I'm just gonna let you uh roll with that one there so one versus ten four points a game so it's not nothing you know that's uh again not necessarily gonna win your week but it can be somewhat 
prevalent. Um, want to shout out New England and Dallas finished back to back top two for 2021. So again, some consistency there, but Buffalo was the only other defense top 10 defense from 2021 that finished as a top 10 defense in 2022. So all that to say, I mean, usually, you know, there's always rankings. Like you can see like who's legitimately good NFL defense, but it's still kind of a crapshoot. There's like, there's mm-hmm. always a couple defenses that, pop off with you know touchdown returns and um or i guess start pick sixes kickoff returns um and those always tend to sway sway the numbers but um all that to say i i'm definitely not here saying that you should draft a defense early by any means because it does seem to be a crap shoot a lot of the time so last um, year it was cowboys one patriots two this year it's patriots one cowboys two When's the last time where there's been a top defense two years in a row? Like maybe Legion of Boom Seahawks. Did they do it two years in a row? No, I doubt it. I I don't think they did. No. Um, And and so that's another thing. Like just because they were the top defense last year doesn't mean that they should be the defense that is drafted first the following year. No, definitely not. Um. And lastly, I just wanted to to give a special shout out to to Cooper Cup. Um, finished 21 on the season. Um, so almost a top 20 player and he missed, uh, what half the season, um, just about, so I guess, yeah, he went out in week 10. So just about half the season. Um, so I mean, incredible player. Uh, he finished last year with 69 po- more points than Justin Jefferson finished with this year. So again, just wanted, you know, mm. he had an incredible season last year. And um, I think that he's still someone that you should be looking at in your 2023 drafts. And uh, yeah, like I said, just wanted to give him a shout out for uh, still finishing almost top 20 after missing half the season. But, uh, but yeah, anything else 2022 y'all want to, mention lessons learned anything changing going in 2023 uh i think i i think the biggest lesson i've learned um especially in dynasty uh has been to be patient i i need to let the season play out before getting too emotional also without drinking don't drink and play fantasy yeah, don't drink and trade. <laughs> don't it's drink and trade. Bad combination. Very bad combination. I haven't done it since uh, since October, so uh, I'm learning. Can you remind us what that trade was. Uh, I don't really remember it, uh, but <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, it was for Kyle Pitts. It's something for two firsts and Javante or something. But yeah, you, you gave up two firsts and Javante Williams for Kyle Pitts for tight end positional advantage. So we'll see how that works. Hey, I got let's hope let's hope for a decade of Kyle Pitts, right? Um, I think, but that those are some of the one of the two major uh, lessons I learned this year for sure. I I would say uh, along those same lines as MJ. Not, I mean, yeah, you should never drink and trade. Uh, bad combination, but uh, I think I definitely I am a fantasy player that loves trades just because I think it's a lot of fun and um, it's fun to negotiate and it's a way that you can constantly be trying to make your team better. But um, I think I definitely over traded this year. Um, 
I, I might have, you know, gone a little overboard with the trading. Um, and so, as MJ said, be patient um, with guys. I think I was a little impatient with some guys. Um, and then with Dynasty, man, it, it's a matter of only time will tell. This is our first year playing Dynasty. Let's see where this conversation is five years from now because I think mm. a lot of decisions, a lot of trades that were made this year are going to have lasting impacts for the next two, three, five years. You know, um, I, I, only time will tell. It's exciting. Speaking of which, not to give away any side bets, but maybe we should uh, start doing some two, three, five-year side bets. Oh, my um, gosh. To uh, um, to really get into the dynasty mode. So maybe we can circle back to that. That's a great um, point. We're going to move on to our last round of jukebox for the year. Juke. Got a couple of songs uh, that just have to do with looking into the future. Um, we'll start with the negative first, and these are for both of you, so both of you can answer for each song. But first song is I Don't F With You by Big Sean. Um, it is a banger. Um, <laughs> great song. And uh, sorry, side note, I forget what movie it's from, but there's a scene from a movie with Charlie Day where him and I believe his daughter are dancing at a talent show and I don't F with you comes on and it is the most hilarious uh, scene ever. Um, I wish I could remember what movie it is, but just YouTube, Charlie is it Day. Is it Horrible Bosses? No, 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 no. no. I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure, no, I'm pretty sure not, but just YouTube, Charlie Day, <laughs> I don't F with you and you'll love it. Anyways, so the song, I don't F with you, um, who's a player that you weren't necessarily out on going into this year, but now going into next year, you're officially out and you're saying, I don't F with you. Is that for me? Both or, of you. Oh, both of us. Hmm. Scott, you got this? I mean, I feel so, like there's a lot of... <laughs> So uh, I was actually looking at the movie. The name of the movie is Fist Fight. came out in 2017 uh, for our listeners out there. Um, so this is a player that we just don't want to F with at all in fantasy sure. moving forward. Oh, man. Um, that's tough. There's a couple of guys that come to, to mind like going into this last season, but they had really good years. And so now I'm like, well, maybe not. Um, I can tell you a quarterback, especially since we're moving to dynasty, uh, I'm, I'm not effing with Tom Brady anymore. Um, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm done. Low like, hanging fruit. I, I'm just saying, <laughs> Hey, listen, I think that's, that's, my dynasty. that's the lowest of hanging fruit. All right. Uh, I'll let MJ answer and I'll give you a better one for each. Listen, I got way too many players. I don't want to F with anymore, but I guess this coincides with, the lessons we learned in 2022. And I think, I think personally, I learned way too much about fantasy, but also about actual football. And the one, definitely one of the players I just do not want to F with next year at all is going to be Gabe Davis. And yes, he has a big playability. Yes. He went boom three out of the 17 weeks. whoop de doo But one of the more pressing issues for him 
is how he catches the ball. And I just went through a whole stint where I, I learned proper technique, um, how to and how not to catch balls. And the way he catches balls ain't it. So he's my, I'm not effing with you at all, 2023. All right. I've, I've got one for you, and there's no way you can call this low-hanging fruit. This is a big one. Alvin Kamara. I'm not effing with Alvin Kamara. Isn't he, and listen, it, can he possibly be out the entire year? <laughs> listen, so that, that that's a great point, MJ. So obviously he still has this assault uh, suspension pending, um, which could happen in 2023 season. That's an mm-hmm. excellent point. Thank you, MJ. But even not counting the possible uh, assault, uh, listen, Taysom Hill is a huge threat to his fantasy value. The Saints offense is not great with Jameis or Andy Dalton. Uh, They're constantly bringing in veteran running backs to spell him. Um, It seemed to me watching this year that he just wasn't a priority in the offense when in years past, he was the priority in that offense. And, And we're talking about a Saints offense that had Michael Thomas for what, two games this year, one game, two games. Mm, Um, And then rookie Chris Olave, like other than that, Kamara should have been the guy. And it just didn't seem that way watching saints games and saints highlights. Um, So I I don't think I'm effing with Alvin Kamara moving forward. Yeah, I I don't, I, I definitely am not there yet. He's just, the talent is, is too great for me, but I definitely, definitely understand. Um, I'm also, I'm hesitant to say a guy that I'm considering, but Marquise Hollywood Brown is maybe a guy just due to whatever's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. Not only that, but being the number two behind DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I, I would say number three, including Ertz in there, arguably. I, I don't know if I would say that necessarily. But I mean, I mean Trey McBride's going to also have a pretty big, I think, come up next year. So, oh, uh, I, I don't this, actually, this actually just came out real quick stint. Uh, Zach Ertz suffered a torn ACL and MCL. So, a that's a lot of CLs. Um, yeah. Blew his knee up, sadly. To Definitely wish him all the best recovery. But, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think he's on the back nine of his career. Um, but, uh, but yeah, maybe Marquise Brown for me, um, on the more positive note, got another song called campaign featuring future, um, who is a non top 10 player at their position that you are campaigning for the future, both 2023 redraft and dynasty. So non top 10 player that you are campaigning for. So not just. You know. So someone that finished outside the top 10 of their position this year. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I've got an easy one off the bat, but I don't necessarily want to steal it from MJ because I feel like MJ would say this guy too. Uh, but Kenneth Walker the third, baby. Very uh, easy. Low hanging. Let's come, come <laughs> on, man. That's he's outside the top ten. Yeah. Like, let's let's ride. Yeah, just think, think about a little bit. That's that's yeah. Uh, let's MJ. see outside the top ten. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Give me a second to think of a. I'm trying to think of like a, a wide receiver because there has to be 
I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say T Higgins just because he's mm. in such a weird yeah. spot because he uh, it sucks because I had him in all three games when when she was concussed he literally got concussed or he, he tweaked there's one week where he he was not supposed to play went in on the game in the first play point uh, of order yes point of order uh T Higgins is the number 9 wide receiver oh, of the year shoot yeah so talking um, about low hanging fruit you literally pick someone inside the top 10 well let's see here Shit. ouch how about this? Let's uh, let's turn this into a name game. I'm going to name some players that okay. finish outside the top 10, and you guys tell me whether or not you think they have a shot at finishing in the top 10 for Perfect. next year. Um, <laughs> That's Chris a lot Godwin. better. No. Ooh. Mm, without Brady, yeah, no. Garrett Wilson. Ooh, no. I think there's a chance, yeah. With the, I think if a good quarterback, good enough quarterback, yeah, yes. Not, not with, not with Brees Hall being healthy. They, you, you, there's just, chances. Yes, I do. I think it's Brees open Hall. Open up the offense even more. Uh, yes, but not enough to support both a top ten, fifteen running back and a top ten wide receiver. I'm, I'm saying no on Garrett Wilson at least for next year. All right, uh, DJ Moore. Nope. <sighs> No. Brandon Ayuk. No. No. Spread the offense too much. Yep. Scary Terry. Yes. Honestly, I think with a yeah. good quarterback, yes. Wait, honestly, I don't see them resigning Wentz. I, I really don't see them starting. Well, they already started Wentz again, but uh, <sighs> Scary Terry, yes, I do see a chance. Christian Kirk. Oh no, no, too many additional weapons. Yeah, especially with Calvin Ridley on that team now. Yeah. All right. And last one, Amari Cooper. That's actually a, I think a sneak top ten. I, I think if I Deshaun agree. Watson starts getting better, cross my you know, hopefully, but I think I think that's something that that's a sneak play for next year in redraft. hundred uh, percent agree with that. Um, and in fact, he was top 10 this year with, uh, brisket. So yeah, I definitely think Amari Cooper can be a top 10 with, with Watson. He didn't finish inside the top 10. Yeah, he did. He is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hold on. Sorry, I was wrong on T. Higgins. Cooper is number nine. Higgins is uh, 12. Heck yes. Wait, where are, you looking? <laughs> are you looking at Yahoo? Yeah. I'm using Yahoo. Season I'm showing Higgins at nine. Oh. And Cooper at 14. Same. Hold on. No, I'm showing Cooper with 201.9 fantasy points. T. Higgins, 182.7. I was in a different league, so it's possible. I'm I'm using our home league because yeah, it's if you had like bonus points in that league, it's very possible. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was the same scoring, but yeah, it seemed like it was something different. Okay. Um, and then just a couple of running backs: Najee Harris. Mm. He's done it before. I think he can do it again. Uh, I don't think it's going to be next year. I think it's going to be at least two years. 
Yeah, I can agree with that. A no to Najee for me for next year. Tony Pollard, who yes. was in the top 10. Oh. He's, he's done it before. <laughs> he can do it again, whether he stays a Cowboy or not. It's All a shame right. if he doesn't. but It's a real shame if he doesn't. All right. Well, with that, let's move it on to our side bet tally finale. Yeah, the side bet tally finale. I like I like how you added that tally in there. All right, so uh, once again with the Bills-Bengals game not 100% being concluded yet, one of our seven side bets um, is not 100% determined, but we got a good idea. Uh, anyways, the first one was Lawrence finishes as a top 10 quarterback in fantasy this year. Um, that was uh, something that I said. I actually specifically said eighth top eight and Steven gave me top 10. Um, Lawrence finished as the number eight quarterback on the year. Um, so that's, that's one for me. Uh, the next one was me saying that JT will score more fancy points than CMC. We all know JT got hurt. Um, Steven called the opposite CMC and the year with 298.46 fancy points to JT's 132.4. So that's one for Steven. Um, the next side bet, I said that Ayuk would finish the season with more receiving yards than Debo Samuel. Steven said the opposite. Ayuk 956 to Debo 612. Yes, Debo's been hurt the last few weeks, but Ayuk has been leading that for well over half the season. Um, that's two for me. Um, MJ said that Jalen Hurts would score more overall fantasy points than Allen and up until his injury, uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts did have a slight lead. Unfortunately, though, even um, without the Bills game being concluded, Allen has 386.76 fantasy points to Hurts, 374.58. Um, <gasps> so that's, yeah, that's a 12-point margin of victory, and only Allen could possibly have more points. So uh, another win for me. Um, the fifth side bet, I said that Devontae Smith – would score more fantasy points on the season than Amari Cooper. Um, this was at a point when he was pretty far down too. Steven, MJ, and Charlie all called the opposite. Up until this last week, I actually had it. Cooper ended up finishing with 201.9. Oh, Smith's wow. 196.9. So by five points, Cooper's 24-point championship week did it for him. Um, so it's another win for Steven and uh, MJ and Charlie also with, with a tally there. Um, for picking the opposite as well. Steven and our guest Dave said that Keenan Allen would have more fantasy points than T Higgins from week seven on. Of course, I had to take the opposite on that. Higgins finished with 121.5 fantasy points from week seven on to Allen's 96.2. Um, obviously, Higgins is the only player still in contention there. So uh, that's another win for me. Um, and our seventh side bet is the only one that's kind of still in contention. MJ said that Samaj P. Ryan would have more fantasy points for the remainder of the fantasy season, which at the time was weeks 14 through 17, than Joe Mixon. I took the opposite. So far, Mixon has 33.8 to P. Ryan's 15.5. So unless they decide to bench Mixon or he gets hurt, I will likely win that one too. Um, but without that, our final tally, uh, I had four, Steven had two, uh, MJ and Charlie had one, uh, and there's still one up in the air. Um, 
And that was our seven side bets for 2022. Hopefully we'll have more next year. And as Steven said, we can start doing some long-term ones with Dynasty. Um, to finish us out here, the last segment uh, will be our Fantasy Flash tally finale. That one, I think the tally kind of ruins the alliteration there. But anyways, uh, the Week 17 recap, Thursday Night Football, we had the Cowboys versus the Titans. CeeDee Lamb had 15.5 fantasy points to Zeke's 9.7. MJ called CD. Steven and I called Zeke, so that one went to MJ. Sunday Night Football, we had the Steelers versus the Ravens. Mark Andrews, nine targets to Deontay Johnson, seven targets. I got that one right. Um, once again, Monday Night Football uh, was not finished, but we had an over-under of 550 uh, passing yard points from the two quarterbacks. MJ called the over. Steven and I both called the under, and it actually doesn't matter because our final standings, MJ is 25-19-2 and in first place, uh, and I am in an uncatchable second at 23-22-2. and So even if... It does go under. I can't catch MJ. And because Steven and I said the same thing, uh, I will hold on to second because uh, Steven is at 22, 23, and two at third. Um, and our guests finished the season at six, eight, and one. So congratulations to MJ on winning our first fantasy flash uh, of the, uh, the 2022 fantasy season. And Thanks, uh, we'll man. go back to you to close this out. Yeah, it's nice to win something this year, <laughs> this fantasy season. And what a great and awesome and uh, abusive fantasy season this was for, for us. Um, I mean, first one under our ropes as podcasters. Um, and I mean, I hope everyone who's listening to this continues to listen to us uh, right Right before we started, we were already trying to brainstorm stuff that we'd like to do, new segments, um, funny, fun drafts, fun things we can do. If you have anything that you'd like to suggest or want to, want to hear, um, let us know. We're working on big things this year, and we really want to make this thing, uh, this podcast, our baby, um, something everyone can enjoy and continue enjoying it for the years to come, right? Um, once again, our thoughts and prayers um, go out to the Buffalo Bills and DeMar Hamlin. Um, I think I just saw an update they did, that they took his oxygen from 100% down to 50 so that's great news. So he's relying less on the intubation. So only good vibes this year. We're starting this year off with a bang. Um, and we have such wonderful things to look forward to in this year as well. Uh, Scott, what you got? Yeah, uh, second, everything MJ uh, just said right there. Uh, for our listeners out there, thank you so much, uh, especially all our consistent listeners out there. Shout out Mitchell. Hope you're still listening as much as you can. Um, we will be dialing it back here in the offseason. Um, um, that may still be too many episodes in the offseason, so we'll see. Um, but uh, we will definitely post uh to all of our leagues when we do have a new episode so stay tuned um for those and uh yeah uh a rough fantasy year for me it was my first year in six years not playing for a championship so that sucked i actually didn't even play for a semifinal, so really really rough year um still have never gotten last though so uh, i can hang my hat on that and uh it looks like i will be getting first pick in our dynasty draft because we changed it to winner of the last place game getting the uh, first pick. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, thanks again, MJ, Steven, 
Love doing this with you guys. Looking forward uh, to season two of our podcast. And uh, Stephen, what do you got? Yeah, first, uh, again, just to reiterate what MJ said, thoughts and prayers out to DeMar Hamlin and his family. Um, horrible thing that happened, and we want to see the best for him. Um, love the podcast. Love doing this for everyone. And excited to, to see what we bring going into 2023. Want to do random fun things, things that are maybe fantasy football adjacent. So shout out if you want us just to talk about random things. If you want Scott to give Scott takes about just general life, there's plenty of them. So, um, you know, anything that you want us to talk about, we'll be happy to. And just uh, want this to be a show for everyone. And excited to bring our home league into the dynasty realm oh yes so there is a lot to look forward on that front looking forward to making another run with my other dynasty team and i don't know if undefeated season is going to happen again but uh regular season but uh we'll uh we'll see where it goes uh, but yeah thank you guys for being great co-host and looking forward to a great year Oh yeah. Thank you guys. And thank you once again, to everybody. This is what's your fantasy fantasy football podcast. We'll see you next time. Sweet, 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 sweet fantasy. Fantasy.